Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the week five NFL betting preview show. As always, I am your host, Nate. Michael is off today. He was at the Commanders-Bears game last night. Little boots on the ground action. Um, so he's out this week, but he'll be back next week. We've got some interesting games to talk about. We got another London game. We've got a full board here. The numbers, they're presenting a bit of a challenge, but we're going to do our best, as always, to break these games down. NFL has been a bit of a, a challenge. You know, we're sitting at 62% in college, but we're only sitting at 48%. Nice 13-4 and four record. So not great, not where we want to be at. The Thursday night picks hitting at about a 70% rate this season. We've had back-to-back splits, though, um, the last two weeks on those bets. So hopefully we get a little bit better with a Thursday night game coming up this week. It's... Another another doozy of a game. Um, but let's talk a little week five NFL football. See if we can't give out some bets. See if we can't give you some good information for games that maybe we're not betting, but you're looking to bet. And we're going to start kind of with the big one Sunday night. Dallas heads over to the 49ers in San Fran. Line is three and a half over under 45 and a half. And this game presents a lot of unique challenges. There's a lot of sort of games within the games that that we're looking at here. This is the definitely the biggest mile marker for two teams that I would say are the favorites to win the NFC um, and to really kind of take stock at where these two teams are. Um as as the season goes on, this this game will will probably turn back to a lot. Um to kind of evaluate these two teams. The Cowboys come into this um, not having played the toughest schedule of opponents, um, but they've done done a good job in some areas and done a bad job in other areas. You know, this is a team we're relatively hard on. It's tough for me to back a, a Cowboys team because of Mike McCarthy, especially as he inserts himself more and more into this offense. And I think the area we're really seeing that kind of fail is in the red zone. The, the Cowboys are getting to the red zone at the highest clip in the NFL right now, but they are struggling to convert. Um, they get very predictable down there. They become a very run heavy team in the red zone. They remove Pollard a lot, which I, I do not love. Um, Dak seems to also not really have a good grasp as to what they're trying to accomplish down there. He's struggling. Um, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but we can kind of look at the numbers and infer some things. And I, I think that the risk reward proposition for Mike McCarthy and the offensive scheme is not, not in Dak's favor right now, because you look at this Cowboys team dead last in intended air yards per pass attempt. They're sitting at 5.4 next closest is Joe Burrow at 6.1. And that's a hobble Joe Burrow. Um, so that is not, not great. If you're going to beat this 49ers team, you've got to be willing to push the ball down the field. You have to be willing to try to take it some, some chances against this secondary. Cause that is, that's their Achilles heel. Um, if you're not willing to do that, you're going to have a hard time scoring points, but they do, like I said, get to the red zone at the, at the highest clip in the NFL. So that is in their favor. The 49ers defense, you know, the Achilles heel is that back end. Let's see if Mike McCarthy will open up the playbook here a little bit more. Maybe he's been saving some stuff because the schedule has been pretty weak and he hasn't really had to open it up a ton. He did in the Cardinals game at the end and, and they did it too late. And you, I think anybody with two eyeballs watching that game doesn't see a great product um, from the offense here. But when when you flip the side here, there's a real advantage 
for the Cowboys uh, in this 49ers game. The 49ers offensive line, we've highlighted this a handful of times. It's a bit of, a bit of struggle bus city here. I mean, outside of Trent Williams really propping up that left side, being the anchor he is because he's arguably the greatest left tackle to ever play the game, uh, this offensive line struggles. And on the right-hand side, it's... It's pretty piss poor. And this is a Cowboys team that's going to get on your ass if you're not careful here. So Kyle Shanahan, one of the best NFL, one of the best NFL offensive minds currently right now, he makes things easy on his quarterbacks. It's definitely a quarterback friendly system. I think he understands what he's got on the right side. I think he understands the task at hand. So what does that mean? That means Greg Kittle's probably going to be more of a designated blocker to try to help out on that right side of the line, as I assume the Cowboys will will test that um, and see if they can break it like a dam. Because if they do, then the floodgates are open, and, and Brock Purdy's going to struggle here, folks. But if you remove Kittle from the pass game, you've got a hobbled Debo. You need Brandon Ayuk to really show up. He's been banged up. Um and if you're speeding up Brock Purdy here, we've seen him turn back into a pumpkin a little bit. Brock Purdy's been really good. When he's got time, he's fantastic. And that's because he's playing in the most quarterback-friendly offense in the league right now. I mean, it really only requires you to understand what's going on schematically and just be on time with the ball. The offense does the rest for you. And Brock Purdy's been really good at that. Um, we've seen other quarterbacks struggle with trying to do that. The reason Jimmy G was so good, in, in my opinion, is because he understood the offense at a high level from a scheme standpoint, understood where to be with the ball um, and be on time. And you just got to be relatively accurate. And, and the rest kind of does it for you. This is a big yak team. Um, they scheme it up great. But we've seen when Brock Purdy is pressured, he has to hurry everything up. He's a little late with the ball. He's not reading things uh, as quickly. And so that's sort of the Achilles heel. And I, th I think you got to give the edge to the Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, I think this is a, a really a pretty sizable edge for them, um, especially if Kittle is going to be removed from the passing game because he has to help out with blocking assignments on the right side of that line. So things I think at, you know, this is an interesting spot to take an underdog. Excuse me. I had to take a glass of water there. Um, I did snag it when it flashed the four earlier in the week it's down to three and a half right now i still don't hate the cowboys at three and a half i liked them better at four i think this is a pretty valuable spot to grab them uh in what's going to be a very competitive tough game um i think points are going to be hard to come by if the cowboys aren't willing to try to push the ball down the field because I, I do think the 49ers are going to struggle a little bit here let's see if if the 49ers though and Kyle Shanahan sort of do what the cardinals did and, and run right at right at Micah Parsons because we saw in the cardinals game when the cardinals were winning to willing to run right at him he got himself out of position because he's extremely aggressive um he's a phenomenal player but we saw him get out of position a little bit and they had some success running to his side and directly at him let's see what they do there but yeah i i would say i, I lean cowboys at three and a half i love them at four i bet them at four so they are certainly a pick at four they might end up on the card on sunday at three and a half still um i'm gonna kind of see especially as that cowboys offensive line continues to get healthy that can only benefit dak um so, yeah, I, I, I do like the Cowboys in that spot. Let's talk about the London game. Jacksonville Jaguars stay over there back-to-back -back weeks. This is a team that that knows this trip. Buffalo's now coming over. Not a terrible trip for them. You know, it is certainly hard 
getting used to the time adjustment and that travel, but it's not a terribly long flight from Buffalo. Hopefully they do a decent job with that recovery. You've got a Jacksonville Jaguars team that we bet last week in a great spot because when the Falcons can't run the ball effectively, things go kaput from an offensive standpoint. Jags have a really good run defense. I think the concern here, if you're wanting to back the Buffalo Bills, for me at least, is how much did they exert last week in a very crucial game against the Miami Dolphins? Um, the Bills showed that they are still the powerhouse in that division. And these are two teams that are very much in competition for their divisions. Uh, they are sort of the the head of the table when it comes to their respected divisions. The Bills sh- showed why many still believe they are the best team in the AFC um this season now there's a a continuing battle between them and the chiefs and in a really just deep afc this season but for a lot of people the bills are are their favorite um they are a tough team they started to show it the white injury i feel bad for him the guy just doesn't seem to be able to get to catch a break but that really hurts a secondary that's down um they need those guys to really step up when Trevor Lawrence has had time, he's he showed well. Um, I I I haven't done anything with this. I may take a side on the Bills, um, but this feels like more of a let's see, you know, what the Bills can put together back to back weeks. I will say though that the Buffalo Bills have been doing a phenomenal job at manufacturing pressure right now this is not a team that has had to be super blitz happy um to to get pressure on the on the opposing quarterbacks they're right now the highest rate of pressure in the nfl at 32.1 percent that's pretty damn good um especially when you account for their blitz rate being being well below average. Uh, they're sitting at 17.6% blitz rate. That is fourth lowest in the NFL. They haven't gotten Von Miller back yet. He is all indications going to try to play in this game. He, he He's been vocal about wanting to play in London, in the London series. So you bring him back. I, I think Buffalo is probably the side here, folks. Um, once again, I haven't done anything with it. I don't know if it's going to be on the card, but all kind of signs point to go for the Buffalo Bills here um, in that game. Ravens Steelers divisional matchup, divisional game. I think everybody and their mother knows the, the history of the underdog in this game and just how dominant they have been from a covering standpoint. Everybody on the internet's talked about it. There's no real reason to, to continue to, to harp on it here. I will say this though, after breaking this game down, after watching the tape back digging into everything. If you're backing the Steelers, you're it's purely a history play. Um, there's nothing that gets me to the Steelers outside of history and hell history has been very profitable for you. If that, if that's the route you've been going betting the history in this series, you're in green by a mile. Um, but when I look at these two teams in their current state, there is reason to be extremely alarmed about this Steelers team in this spot. You've got Kenny Pickett, who has been atrocious so far, and now he's dealing with an injury in which he is not very mobile. He's got a big knee brace on. He was struggling just to move vertically, and you're expecting him to to be nimble in a pocket that is 
ever getting smaller in the Steelers camp. I mean, the offensive line has struggled, no doubt about it. Everybody sees it with two eyeballs. When you watch this game, it, it's not good up front. If if Mitch Trubisky was playing, I think this this becomes a, a much stronger position, in my opinion, uh, on the Steelers. Because honestly, at worst, Mitch is about the same as what you've been getting out of Kenny Pickett so far this season. But given the injury, Mitch is a much more mobile quarterback. He's going to present a much bigger challenge um, because Kenny's a sitting duck in the pocket. I wouldn't be surprised if they do make the switch mid-game. But you pair an immobile really struggling quarterback in Kenny Pickett with an inept OC in Matt Canada. I mean, truly one of the worst OCs in football right now against the Ravens team who gets a big win. Who's getting back on track. This is a tough spot. Yes. The secondary is banged up for the Ravens, but there's nothing to suggest that the Steelers are able to take advantage of that. And then you flip the side of the ball, the Ravens offense, we've been bid. I am a big Tom Munkin fan. I think Todd Munkin is a fantastic OC. I love that he is an actual coach. And what do I mean by that? He doesn't just run a system. He's not a guy that is handicapped by a system and needing a very specific player. No, he schemes week to week. He changes things week to week. He looks to expose your your weaknesses in, in creating a new scheme. We're seeing this offensive line getting healthier, which is huge because the splits and the difference in Lamar Jackson when he has time. Because that's a, that's an easy thing to say. Any quarterback who has time in the NFL is obviously better. But there is a big difference here in Lamar. Lamar elevates himself to a top three status. When you look at quarterbacks in their accounting stats with time and without time, it, it it's night and day. It is completely different. Um, and Lamar is is a lethal weapon at that point. And you you match that with Zay Flowers, a Pittsburgh team that even though you have an all world end in uh, J and uh, Watt, I almost said JJ Watt. Um, this is a team that that hasn't gotten pressure at a at a huge rate. You know they've had to use utilize a blitz at, at a pretty pretty big rate to, to manufacture that pressure. Um, they're blitzing at a 27.9% rate right now. Pressure is not coming easy to this team. The Ravens are getting a healthier line. Uh, I am not betting it due to the history, due to Tomlin is just that guy from a coach standpoint that is able to kind of get the guys going, who's able to bring the juice. So I'm just staying away from it, but in no way, shape, or form get convinced by people betting Pittsburgh outside of they're simply doing it from the history factor. That's it because there's nothing that suggests that this team should cover outside of history. That's all. That's all it is. And that's totally fine. Like I said, you're getting to the window at at an insane rate. If you're betting this underdog matchup, you are, but that's why people are betting it. There's no real other evaluation because, because the Ravens are just the better team in, in every edge category. Um, Outside of it's a divisional game, these divisional games tend to be really close. Uh, but this is going to be a tough spot uh, for the Steelers to cover. The Bengals Cardinals. This is this is a train wreck of a game. Uh, lines at three, over under forty four. The Bengals. This you're trying to time the market by betting the Bengals at this point in time, which that is what we do as betters. We're we're trying to find the right spot at the right time uh, to pick a team and and, and to to bet them against the spread, but you're, you're trying to time the market as to when is this team going to snap back? B- 
because everything has been atrocious from an offensive standpoint. And a lot of that is certainly Joe Burrow being injured. You know, he's hobbling around. He can't really plant. He is wildly inaccurate with the football right now. We've talked about this in the past couple of weeks. His on-target percentage is just bottom of the barrel this season. When you look at last season, he was top three in on-target percentage. He cannot plant and drive the football. And he is being handicapped by the dumb and dumber crew and Zach Taylor and Callahan from an offensive scheme standpoint. We have talked about this over the years. This Bengals team has won in spite of coaching. Don't get it twisted. I think Zach Taylor is a very good coach, a leader of men. But as far as putting together a game plan and executing that game plan from a calling, a play calling standpoint, terrible. And there are very few head coaches that can do both in this league. I can count probably on one hand how many there are that can that can be both the OC down to down play caller and the head coach. Um, even an 80-20 split or whatever. You've got Callahan and Taylor scheming this offense up. They've done a really bad job um outside of their one win, which I thought they did a good job of getting Chase in motion and, and, and getting some favorable matchups for him. Then they went right back to the bad game plan last week. They got to do more of that here. They're gonna have to be creative because this Carolina this uh Cardinals team gets after you. This is a feisty team. This is a team of a bunch of no names putting their hand in the dirt and saying, we are going to maul you today. Like this team gets going. They get after you. They bring the absolute juice. And if you don't match, they are going to, they're going to swing and they're going to continue to swing. Um, this is a feisty team that you have to be careful about. Are the, the Bengals the better team on paper? Yes. But when you factor in injuries and just their performance overall, like names, yeah, Bengals are, are better, but actual execution, bringing that juice, we haven't seen it from the Bengals. I'm not betting this game. I haven't touched it. I don't want anything to do with it, but I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if the Cardinals cover this number. I wouldn't also be terribly surprised, though, if Joe Burrow starts to be more Joe Burrow and starting to mask some of the deficiency from a play-calling standpoint because he is saying that he's getting healthier. He is saying that things are starting to come along a little bit better. So it's only a matter of time before this offense sort of snaps back a little bit. Let's see to what degree they can do that. Let's see if this can be the spot. I'm not entirely confident it is going to be that spot, but let's see. Um, there's no reason to bet it if you don't have to bet it. You know, Sometimes the best bets are the ones that you don't end up placing. And I think not placing a bet in this game is pretty fair. Um. I don't know what's going on with the Patriots organization right now from an offensive standpoint. Max Jones, Mac Jones is clearly not the guy. I'm not completely sold that Bill Belichick even likes him, to be honest. Um, it It's a bad situation in New England, but you are getting a down Saints team because Carr simply cannot throw the football with his soldier, soldier injury. I don't know why he was out there last week. Um, I love that. Of course, the first throw of the game, James comes in, throws a pick, of course. Um, but because he can't drive the ball here, this game becomes a much interesting proposition. The Pats are banged up. You lose a potential rookie in the year in Gonzalez in your secondary. Judon's down. You go out and you sign JC Jack or you get JC Jackson back, which I mean, at this point, we got to have a conversation folks about what's going on in the secondary in new England. Like, Everybody plays well in that defense. And then it's essentially just a cycle. 
Patriots draft you or require you. You play really well in their back end and their secondary. They don't sign you. Some team overpays for you. You underperform. You resign or you get brought back to the New England Patriots and play good. It's just a cycle at this time. I, I don't even understand really what's happening. Like, I'm, JC Jackson is probably going to come back and be great, even though he couldn't figure it out uh, for the Chargers. And and part of that is Brandon Staley just being inept. Um, but that's certainly part of the conversation. So, one, I, I don't have a pick here, but it, it that's a tough game. All right, Houston Texans. Falcons line is at one and a half over under 41 and a half. This I think is sort of getting to the high point of the Texans as far as a market standpoint and a gambling market standpoint. I think at this point you're sort of buying the Texans high um, at this number, but I, I don't even necessarily hate buying them high. Um, CJ Stroud has been absolutely phenomenal for a guy who doesn't have premier weapons, even though, Tank's been a, a very nice surprise and an offensive line that's struggling. CJ Stroud has been absolutely fantastic. He is playing at an unbelievable clip right now. And you've got a Falcons team that, as everybody saw in that London game, is reeling and really struggling. And things I think are starting to get a little volatile uh, in that spot. Um, so, I mean, this is tough because you've got CJ Stroud who's thrown for 970 yards through three weeks. It's the most in the NFL. Um, and he's he's been playing behind an injured O-line, not a ton of stars or, or premier weapons. He's got six touchdowns, you know, average of 1.9.1 yards per pass attempt. He just continues to sort of find ways to be really dominant through the air. It, it's been wildly impressive. And I, I don't know if this Falcons defense has the juice to, to keep up with that. And if, if the, if the chargers start to, to put points on the board, it means you have to put the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands. And that is the last thing the Falcons want to do. I don't understand what Arthur Smith's evaluation here is at this point. Ritter has stunk. I, I mean, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and you've got a guy in Heineke who sure isn't going to, you know, be the most consistently great quarterback out there, but at least his ceiling is higher. At least he can take the roof off a team and push the ball down the field and have some explosive plays and at least present some threat in the passing game because the Falcons are simply just trying to run the ball. And as long as you can stop the run, you can beat this offense. And that's what the Jags did last week. It's why we bet the Jags last week. The Texans, not a great run stomp unit, but D'Amico Ryans is one of the best young coaches, I think, in the NFL is what he's showing. He's a fantastic defensive mind. The coaching edge goes to him. The Falcons have invested an enormous amount of draft capital in premier weapons. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Robinson. They're utilizing Robinson in the run game, but it, it's it's a it's a real shit show when when we come to the passing side of the ball. And I do think there's an opportunity here for the Texans to put some points on the board. That means you got to put the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands. He's not doing a whole lot with it. This is a buy high spot for the, the Texans, but I if I don't I don't hate it. I, I just don't hate it. A team I am betting on the Titans here, the Colts. Mike Vrabel does a phenomenal job 
of just dragging teams down to their lowest points. Derrick Henry, I think the gas tank is starting to empty a little bit, but he's still got enough juice to get going here so that you don't have to rely on Tannehill in that broken arm, essentially. Like, yeah, we, we know we saw some explosive in the Bengals game, but he's he's at the end of his his road. Um, but I think you can you can fall behind a, a good defense that will present some challenges and a Derrick Henry led offense that's got enough juice to get it across the finish line here in, in this spot. Uh Eagles, Rams, lines at four, over under 50 and a half. Matthew Stafford at this point in time is just held together by duct tape and bubble gum. I mean, he was talking about it last week in his hips and the spasms he was having. The dude is banged up. It's it makes this game incredibly hard to try to handicap because the Eagles defense is regressing. And there were some indications that that would happen up front of the line. Very, very good. But the back end secondary of this Eagles team leaves a lot to be desired. And you, a lot of the country saw that in the commanders game last week. There are going to be opportunities here because you have Sean McVay because you've got a good passing game going for you right now um, to, to score points against this Eagles team. It all comes down to how healthy is Stafford? How well can he push the ball down the field? I'm going to kind of wait, see kind of what the word is coming out. You know, still need to dig a little bit into this, but I don't think it's the craziest bet to place. You know, the Eagles offense is certainly starting to turn around. It's starting to find its groove. It's going to be a little delayed this season, I think, to be expected. You have a new play caller trying to to get a feel for things, to really understand this offense, to, to make sure that you're maximizing everything. And I think that's been a little bit of a struggle. The offensive line is starting to mend together. Jalen Hurts is starting to feel more comfortable. The weapons are starting to, to explode a little bit here. This offense is starting to turn around. This is a game where they should be very good. The Rams defense outside of Donald is, it's not good. It's a bunch of nobodies trying to compete in the NFL, which God bless their hearts. I love the story, but it doesn't put up much of a fight as long as you are a relatively competent offense. And I think that that is the Eagles. So I, I think there could be a lot of points here. It just depends on, it, how healthy is Matthew Stafford? Can he really drive the ball? Because Sean McVay is going to scheme this up right. The secondary in the Eagles is vulnerable. There are going to be plenty of opportunities here to gash this defense. Is Matthew Stafford healthy enough to do it? I don't know, but we're we're certainly going to find out. Um, Jets-Broncos, that's a fun game because it's either going to be the worst thing we've ever seen or we are going to see a Jets team rally behind a really good performance from Zach Wilson in prime time. Just some unfortunate mistakes at the end of the game. Some bad calls from the officiating. Where's this team mentally? If they come back and they rally behind that good performance, if they can kind of burn the tape and bury it from last week and just build off the good, this is a spot where they win a game, where they get a win. If they mentally cannot get out of their own way, though, the Broncos offense has at least shown some competence level here. This is the worst defense by a mile. I mean, horrific. The Jets should have some opportunities here. 
I, I do like the Jets in this spot. So let's see how that goes. That's all I've really got uh, for this week. You know, we got the Cowboys on the card. Uh, I did go ahead and, and, and pull the trigger on, on the Titans. Um, I don't think it's a crazy proposition for the Texans. That's it for right now. Going to add to it, so make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Podcast. Hopefully, we gave you some good information here today to, to play some other bets, at least give you some indication. We'll be back in full force next week. Have my running mate here with me, Michael. We'll give you some good stuff. Make sure to check out the college episode. We've been red hot there. Um, and as always, 